0: You think about the person in your life, when you started believing in you more than anyone else. They're the ones that made the sacrifices. When I walk out, my old oh, man's next to me. They're not just looking at you, they're looking at what made you. I want them talking about our fucking game. I oh, want him talking about us. Well,
1: well Alright, oh, enjoy your lunch. lunch, 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 lunch. Ooh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you happy? Yeah, woo! <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is quite amazing just the 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 possibility of being happy and just spurs making everything nice. It's it, it's really good. Yeah. My um my my father-in-law who who goes back to Colombia today we don't we can't really bond on much because there's a massive language barrier so at the moment our kind of bonding is whenever the league table pops up he just points at points at it and goes <laughs> oh Tottenham number two and we both kind of <laughs> grin and smile at each other.
2: That's the kind of that's the level of analysis I want to have the opening five minutes of this podcast. <laughs> hey, uh, you know that bet we made?
1: Are
2: mm. uh, you? Uh, um it was actually not me, no. Um <laughs> Are you accepting cash out options?
1: <laughs> if you if you want to back out and just give twenty quid to charity now and do the apology video <laughs> and just admit that uh, I know ball. Because <laughs> everyone everyone seems to forget that I I'd done Windy in a charity bet last year. <laughs> And, what was that um, one? That was about Delhi. He, he said that oh, Delhi yeah. would get a combined 12 goals and assists that season. And even he even continued it when Nick went to Everton. And I, st- I still won it, so I've just I'm ready to take out the the, the second of this um triumvirate. It's fine by me. <laughs> People think I have the bad takes, but in reality <laughs> I know ball. You're playing it safe, I
2: reckon. Um uh yeah, so for those who haven't seen uh well, basically, the other week, you and Wendy were talking about doing a bet mm. and, and nothing about Richarlison scoring goals and nothing, nothing was materializing. And then, uh, you got Because the whole time I've been like, I've been like, as soon as he's on the pitch with some players who can actually cross the ball to him, beat their man and cross the ball to him, he's going to score goals. The Fulham game comes along. We play like absolute shit, <laughs> right? We'll, we'll get onto that in a minute. But someone crosses the ball in for Richarlison he nods one in. I'm like, right. He's he's easily getting 15 goals this season so I decide I'll just I'll, over Twitter I'll arrange a, a charity bit with you over Twitter and uh he's never seen the pitch again is he, <laughs> he, he well
1: he's done he's finished he's, he's he's a decent substitute option to um to bring on for some social he media is. banter that's, it. <laughs> that's about it uh, I, I, when we talk about Burnley, I would like to get your expert analysis on Strikers to see whether or not we he would have scored those three goals. But I guess we'll get on to Burnley.
2: Mm, yeah. All right. So... Uh, welcome listeners to the Extra Inch. There's no Windy today. Uh, he is away on his holidays. Um, it's me, Nathan, with Bardy. Um, Windy isn't here, but he has been doing uh little sort of ten minute, fifteen minute reaction pods on Patreon. Um, just driving in his car, uh, a f- free free braining <laughs> directly, and uh, it's been what we well It sounds, it sounds like shit. It sounds terrible. I hate it. I yeah. hate how it sounds. Uh, but it turns out I'm just a weird audio snob, and no one else cares. People, people like it. Uh, the patrons, they are loving it. They like it. They like it rough and raw and <laughs> reactive and right after full time.
1: He's on. He's on holiday. His work ethic is is quite mm-hmm. incredible. He just. Put the phone down, Windy. Put the narratives away. Just enjoy the lovely Croatian coastline and, and just be at just be at one with your partner. Forget about football for a little bit. Or forget about your narratives and your agendas.
2: As you're saying that, he's just replied to a text to say that the reason he did the running order for today is because he happened to wake up before Vanessa. So.
1: You see what I mean? He he should just go just go spoon. And forget about running orders.
2: Mm. Alright, we want to give a shout-out to Alfie, who is brother of our uh, Discord (laughs) Capitano Goal. Uh, he uh, he married his partner Hope this weekend, so congratulations to Alfie and Hope. Alfie, I think, likes a lot of my tweets all the time. There's 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 a series of uh, of Cole relatives who are all up in my mentions, so bless them all, and I hope they, that they had a great yeah. <laughs> they have a great weekend.
1: They fire shots at me that family.
2: <laughs> Every time oh, I
1: see him at a stadium, I, I give him a look because yeah, they they keep firing shots, especially Cole Senior, the the daddy of the group. He, me and him have had a bit. A bit, of ag- a bit of aggro on, on Twitter before.
2: Oh, like I'm even more now. Uh, we have a question here from Alexi. i I'm pretty sure this one's for you specifically, buddy. He says, can we win the league?
1: I have been telling everybody that I know that we will win the league. Probably a little bit in jest. But uh, we can win the league, man. We can do it. It can be done. I mean, um,
2: <laughs> I think we're playing some really good football, right? We're playing really well. Um, our squad depth is paper mache, right? And we'll come on to that in a bit. Um, but you can get lucky you can have a season where just none of your first 11 get injured for and it can happen the thing with this fantasy is that manchester city exists and they will like the the barrier the the yeah the bar you have to pass now to win the league is is like 95 points on average or something ridiculous so um you can't just sort of win the league on a on a hope and a dream anymore it doesn't really exist um but we can have a really fucking good season and maybe maybe in a few years time it's a it's a conversation that we're actually having
1: i mean if if harland does an acl and Rodri does a a a serious hamstring tear then then you know then it then it could be on i agree we need man city to to really mess up but it it can happen it can happen they normally start quite badly and end really well so perhaps this time they're just gonna fade away towards the end of the season
2: (laughs) they're never fading away then the fact that like this is that this is their slow start their top (laughs) they're already they're already perfect and clear Okay, let's touch on Fulham. I don't want to spend too long on Fulham because uh, fuck that, <laughs> right? No, but, no, no. Uh... Let's
1: not do Fulham. Just let's do. People want to hear Burnley, man. People want to yeah, hear about. Forget the...
2: Fulham entirely, or, or um, touch on it later.
1: I just don't think there's anything to learn about it from what we're going to do. Just go after our central midfield. Go after Davinson. Go after our massive goalkeeper who who gets sold on penalties. Yeah, we, the only the only thing this that conversation will only lead to negativity. So let's let's do some. Nice happy goals.
2: Okay, okay. Uh you wanna talk about starting eleven?
1: Uh good starting eleven. Not like (laughs) film starting (laughs) eleven.
2: I wasn't I wasn't shocked that uh that Stun was starting, you know, Richarlison scored, but it sort of makes sense from rotational sense that hmm. Sun would miss the midweek, and Richarlison would would also avoid sort of three games in a week by by them being on the bench. Um, and I, I liked that Solomon was starting because it seemed to me um, up until this point that Solomon was behind Perisic in the pecking order. It was Perisic that was coming off the bench first. Um, or or only coming off the bench, um, and while I sort of accept that Perisic is probably the the better player immediately. I think the higher upside would be with maximizing Solomon, just because he's faster. No other reason that he's faster. Um, so I was I was glad to see that that Solomon started. Man. I-
1: <laughs> I'm not so down on Solomon I know a lot of people going after him after the Fulham game but I think I think against a team that plays a high line the boy's got legs they, they move really mm. fast and he's nippy so I just thought it, I thought it made sense to give him a go and see see how he would perform and yeah there's there's Downs to him. I know Windy doesn't like him because he's like the most unwindy player ever. But I, I don't mind Solomon. I'm all right with him for now. He'll probably be. We can revisit this in six months, and I'll be frustrated with him. But I kind of like his energy, and I, I like his nippiness.
2: He definitely has. A, there's a touch of Lucas Moura in his game, right? He receives mm. with his head down, and there's a few times like whenever I picked this up in preseason as well. Whenever he receives the ball in a sort of um, unfavorable context, right? If he receives the ball under pressure, he receives the ball, not in space. His instinct is to like dribble backwards for 15 yards. And that's really frustrating. Like that kills momentum, kills positional advantage. Uh, I hate that. But also um, I was really impressed with his creativity um, on the ball. Like he, like, imagine if Lucas Moura had like a final pass <laughs> in his log. Like that's kind of what he saw. I was, cause um, my concern when we were first, link to Solomon when we signed him um, is that he was sort of too selfish that he would just be he would use his dribbling to get shots off from the edge of the box and like we've already got long distance shooters in the squad we don't need Solomon kind of thing um, but he he played a series of nice passes uh, he created five chances two assists um, I think I think better teams will like never allow him to receive the ball un- without pressure and, and that will cause frustration. Um, but I think he's playing really well. The other thing with that is, and obviously we're going to come on to transfers later, is that like he played really well and he made me go, imagine if that was Karim Mitema. Imagine if that was Nico Williams. Imagine if that was Jeremy Docker, Imagine if that was Armand Um They would have, they yeah, nine <laughs> goals, I reckon.
1: There was a, a name there that didn't appear in your list. Brennan Johnson. You didn't say, imagine that yeah. was Brennan Johnson. Why not? Imagine
2: that was Brennan Johnson. 5-2,
1: <laughs> I reckon. Um, I thought um, I thought Solomon. We'll talk about him. <laughs> I thought Solomon creates some chances, got two assists, and he performed well. And I think that, I think that's a good start. He's only, he's new to the team. I thought the Fulham thing was unfair on him. He's brand new. He was surrounded by idiots, and I I thought in this team with better players around him. Yeah, he had moments where he was wasteful. Some people blamed him for the first goal that, that Burnley scored. I, I don't think you can blame that on him. It was way before. There was like so many transitions and passes before that. But the goal for Sun was was nice. And yeah, the two goals for Sun really nice and it's a strong start from him
2: so tactically there was a lot in this uh, there was a lot in this game so uh, Burnley came with a sort of a four-four-two on paper, uh, but they pressed in a sort of an, an asymmetrical four-three-three. So the left winger pushed up, the right winger stayed deep. And What this meant was um, they were trying to shuffle us over to the to over towards Poro in build-up. So they came prepared for the inverted fullbacks, which is something that we saw United do. Did you watch my did you watch my video by the way? <laughs> on on our build up game? No, I posted no. okay. I posted I it before the full game and then yeah, I don't think anyone's seen it because uh, awful timing. So <laughs> <laughs> never mind. So they they did a thing which is kind of what United did. They they came very well prepared specifically for double inverted fullbacks. They looked to shut that off. And then what we did against United is we then switched to having Poro go back to being a normal right fullback on the touchline, right? And so Burnley came prepared for that as well. They man-marked Udogi, um, they man-marked Basuma, and they left Porro kind of open so that we'd pass the ball to Porro. And then as Porro receives the ball, um, their deep centre midfielder, Sander Berger, would rush out to Porro and press him. And in the opening sort of 10 minutes of the game, um, they turned the ball over a few times. They forced awkward, bad, long balls and won, won it from that. And they were present in the game. Um, you got the goal, which is really just... A situation where we've put s- several players forwards, there's competition for a loose ball, Burnley win the loose ball and our attackers, like especially Kulisevsky who was the right winger in-, in this situation, just sort of goes, ah, we'll probably win that back, I'll just wait over here for us to get the ball. Uh, a bit of sort of overconfidence, bit of naivety, I-, I think a general kind of vulnerability to the switch in those moments is something that I think happened for one of the goals at least against Brentford. So it's an element in our players, is a bit of naivety a bit of overconfidence which maybe that's also just kind of that's tangible and that's what's going to happen sometimes like if you're always you're playing to absolutely dominate every game sometimes as you're going to just get the natural consequence of that and if you let it score five goals it doesn't fucking matter right so mm-hmm. um so anyway yeah we're having this troubling build-up um they came prepared for us moving poro about um And then we started to get the hang of the timing of it, and Poirot was just playing the ball long first time, and Romero would play the ball long when he felt like he was under pressure, Vicario played the ball long several times when he was under pressure, and uh, we'd lose possession to Burnley in those situations most of the time. Uh, The thing with that is that Burnley also wanted to play the ball, and we would just press the back and then come out on top there, right? So, um, yeah, forcing the opposition to play less good possession football than us is, is not such a bad thing. And then also, finally, not, not finally, but after about 15 minutes or whatever, um, you've got Porro's long ball up top to Sun. Sun has a terrible first touch that kills the defenders because they can't possibly predict where that ball goes he lays off to solomon solomon plays it back um and and there's there's your equalizer um
1: that's interesting you thought it was a, a bad touch everybody kind of thought it was a good one because
2: because his first touch is often really bad And Mm. that's clearly not where he meant that ball to go. And the defenders didn't think he was sending the ball. The thing is, he's fast. He reacts fast. He's got the better momentum in that situation. So he just goes back to his dodgy touch. Mm. It's funny. It's funny to me. I would like um, to. Get, I would like to on.
1: the after we've gone through like this, the Spurs performance. I would just put this here so we can both remember. I would like to get your view on company after after seeing this game. But yeah, okay. we can come back to that because I'm quite curious to see how you feel about this guy because I know quite a few people are quite keen on him. Um, back back in late spring before he signed his contract at, at Burnley.
2: Okay, all right, yeah. yeah, we can do that. Um, so one thing to note with our pressing is that we didn't press their keeper very much. We only pressed their keeper once we, we could do so on an angle from the centre back, and it was very safe and it was kind of casual. And we also did a really good job of picking up their deepest midfielder and avoiding sort of committing both our forwards onto both their centre backs so that's been my big concern about our pressing coming into the season and I thought we did a really good job in our pressing game um, here so yeah you have got the situation where we're playing long playing long playing long and every time we play it to Porro Berger's got to rush out to Porro and then Porro just sends the ball over his head so eventually he gets tired of doing that right it becomes both physically and mentally tiring that you keep sprinting to this guy and then you never get near the ball so then he's slower to get over to Porro Porro gets more time on the ball he can pick out a more of an infield pass or a switch or something a bit more creative than that because Berger's getting tired. He's also not very fast on the turn. I don't know if Berger was the right player for that role. He's fast in a straight line, but he's a he's a big guy and he's not, yeah, he's he's a, not Van der Ven, right?
1: No, he's massive and he yeah he does move a bit slow. There was a strange choice. Thirty
2: stone Harry Winks. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, that's kind of once we once we give him burning the ball and we press them into their own half basically the sort of final 15-20 minutes of the half um, it's all in Bernie's half of the pitch right we just keep them caged in and we play nice football when we have it and we prevent them from playing nice football when they have it so then at half time, um, company goes, oh, these wingers are destroying the fullbacks. We-, we need more protection against the wingers. I'll switch to a back five. Yeah, and I think that a lot of times this season, we're going to see teams play a back five against us for that reason, right? We're playing a front five. They're going to match us with a back five. But what that means is it completely ruins their press. They surrender mm-hmm. midfield. Basuma has all the time in the world on the ball. Udogi's finally in the game and he's... Incredible. Um, and Basuma and Rudoki just run the game basically from there. Around 60 minutes, he then switches back to back before He brings Redmond on, but we score like as Redmond's coming on the pitch, and then it's 4 1, and the game's done, right? So, um, yeah, a lot of really interesting uh, tactical things are playing this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the kind of typical Spurs sense going 1-0 down you start to you start to be a bit concerned mm-hmm. the old you know, kind of fears kick in but it didn't Spurs didn't let it shake them they just carried on going and then as soon as we equalized that it was almost like Burnley scored too early um <laughs> as soon as we equalized it it, it was game on we'd force some good chances and it was just a matter of time and and by how many we would we would end up winning it was nice to see Romero who was who at that point was our top goal scorer of the season smack on in from from outside the area
2: so you wanted to talk about company
1: Yeah, but first I want to talk about Sunny and in in this. In this stri- striker role, so K Chin eleven had a question: What does Sonny's hat trick performance mean for Bjaalandson? Both retrospective for his previous performances and for his future role in the squad. And I think this is a an interesting point to make because I think it was you that said uh, post strikers don't always touch the ball a lot and they can be out of the game. And I think, to be honest with you, I think that suits Son quite well. Because, really, really well. Yeah, his weakest points were all are always kind of linking up, back to play, all that kind of stuff. But if you just eliminate the need for him to do that, and just let him run over the top and take shots from certain areas. Then he's got to score a lot of goals, man. And I think his um, his clinical finishing is just levels above Richarlison. It's levels above most people in, in the world. And I think yeah. if you're just going to put play Son as a finisher, someone just to kind of slap it in, then I think that's perfect for him, though.
2: I think it is perfect for him. And this is like <laughs> the fucking thing with this I made this bet is that. <laughs> My overarching opinion was that between the two forwards, we were Mm. fine. But but I will honor the bet because I know Windy was like, oh, we could do like a, a thirty game clause, like if he doesn't, if Sun replaces him in the starting eleven. But I, I I'm not going to do that. I, I'll honor the bet if Sun is the starting forward from now on, which I imagine he probably is. Hmm. Um, but I'll I'll give the money. <laughs> but I, I would like it acknowledged <laughs> that I said Sun would be a good option too, right? No 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 no.
1: We're just going to get the uh, no. apology video and you're going to have to
2: admit <laughs> that Bardy knows ball. Uh well I'm I'm going to hold out. (laughs)
1: it might still happen it might still happen but I just the bench I just don't like those three chances that came to Richarlison Mm. that's the the Sun I don't think Richarlison scores any of them to be honest with you right now I think he misses all three
2: he's looking I mean I get he's looking slow compared to Sun right which I guess Mm. is sort of Everyone off the ball was slow compared to Sun. I I don't know. I I'd, I'd really like to have seen. I'd really like to see in the future what that game looks like um, with Richarlison in it. Um, how much? I'm gonna get in trouble now. How much Sun benefits from not playing next to Sun on the wing, yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 having a, a dribbler there instead. Um, but I don't think Richarlison gets a hat in this game. Basically, no. I think that um, I think they both offer a good option. I think that they both have a high upside. I think Sun's showing that yeah, he uh, he probably has the higher upside because he's an elite finisher, and Richarlison just isn't. So, yeah, I think so. I, I wouldn't, I, I think that we'll still see them rotate. I think we'll still see games for Richarlison. I think when the opposition are parking the bus for 90 minutes, you want more of a battering ram than a, than a needle, right? Mm. Um, and that's one for Richarlison or Valise. Um, but yeah, I, I think Sun's definitely the first choice, number nine now, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. And then it's a it's a question of um Solomon or Johnson or someone else someone else wide with Richardson being a sub-option. He's had his chance, Richardson. He can't say that he's not been given opportunities. He had he had the full ninety minutes against Brentford, he had a good old whack against United and Bournemouth, but Sun has just done some things and I, I think it's it's really nice to see Son in that kind of finishing in that finishing form again.
2: And I, I'll double down. I think when Charleston's played well, I just think that obviously mm. Son's <laughs> a hat trick scorer. <laughs> yeah so Wendy's put something in here about the expected goals in the game he originally put a shot map i deleted that and i put a, a timeline because he was like oh the xg wasn't actually incredible in this match uh, he, he wants to draw your attention to that
1: well i put I emoji because before oh, that was you okay yeah that was me because you guys put so much kind of credit into the stats and stuff and our xg hasn't been amazing but looking at those yellow lines it, it looks like we we smashed burnley they had a couple of opportunities um my buddy vicario made a couple of nice saves and thinks. yeah I, I was never worried about Burnley. i didn't think they created that much but yeah, but we still conceded two goals, which is a concern, but I guess that's going to happen.
2: It's going to happen. I think that, like, yeah, if you just look at the, the raw number, like the, the differential isn't so great, but if you look at the timeline here, um, there's not a ton happening before 30 minutes. I mean, there's two goals, but in terms of expected goals, there's not a ton happening before 30 minutes. We start to come out on top. You've got that half time change to a back five. Uh, we slide three goals in, like, immediately, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and shoot up to. To, to to expected goals during that time, they have one really good chance on the counter. Outstanding, Stave from uh, from uh, uh, Venom. <laughs> I don't think that's going to stick. Um, and then, sort of towards the end, things peter out. Right? We're we're four or five goals up. We we chill out and Burnley come back into the game a little bit. We've we've subbed our whole team out nearly, um, and it's sort of irrelevant at that point. So yeah, as a raw number, expected goals wasn't that different. But it's it's the kind of thing with Sun, Right, Son's an elite finisher. He's always going to overperform expected goals. And then once you're ahead by four or five goals. Like you don't need to push super hard for more, so so yeah. whatever. Um, I think that I think that it was a commanding performance, uh, regardless of what the expected goal says.
1: Yeah, for sure. So now I want to get your opinion on on company because Burnley's away has been a tricky place for us, and we've huh. become unstuck a few times with with Sean Dyche at the wheel and he's roast-potated a few of our managers, including Pochettino. So they've, they've had a number on us a few times there. So now all of a sudden we turn up and Burnley have got this progressive manager, young squad and everything else and they try and play really good football but they've been smashed up all season.
2: Yeah, and I think that they will continue to be. Um... I'm kind of contradicting myself because like, um, I figured that there would likely be a narrative, and I think we've seen some of it from the United Pundits, right? that Spurs shouldn't be trying to play possession-dominating football. We're not big enough, we're not good enough, and that's just not true at all. And I think we've already shown that. But I kind of think that that is sort of the case for the context that Burnley are operating in. Like, really beautiful stuff in the championship. Like, maybe the best championship side ever, (laughs) right? Um, But it doesn't scale up. Um so obviously partly that is is tactical and you've got the general player quality differential there not going their way. Um you can still play good football when you're a um, a lower half team but I think that the other thing that hasn't scaled up well for them is their recruitment and I talked about this in the video I did on company is that he started his managerial career in uh, Belgium where he's a football legend and, and did re- did well there and then he moved to Burnley. When he went to Burnley, it seems that he himself headed up the recruitment because um, they brought in a, a handful of Man City kids right from his mate Pep. They brought in all of the best players from the Belgian League or nearly all the best players in the Belgian League except for the top three teams um, and that gives you a really, really strong championship side a couple of loans from premier league sides as well that gives you a really really good technical championship side but you can't repeat that trick again once you're in the premier league because you get the best players from the belgian league uh, again minus the top two or three t- teams from the belgian league that's still not quite really a, a mid-table level uh, premier league team And so that's where recruitment is is like um, really specific to context. It's like how Postacoglu he went to Scotland and he went here is several of the best players from the J League. Right? If he does that again for Tottenham, we've destroyed our (laughs) squads. Right? With all respect to the J League, partly because he's already taken the best players out there. there will only ever be one mitoma there will never be a player of mitoma's quality from the j league in, in a thousand years because he's an anomaly right
1: well there's only per generation so like there's there has been some incredible japanese players but you're it's there's not a production line there's like for yeah. every nakata there's um inamoto and for every nakamura there's i'm trying to Endo, there's no, these kind of
2: guys. <laughs> okay, we're going with that. No, it's, it's. I mean, it's not. It's not that he's Japanese. It's. It's the J League, right? You could have a, an ethnically, uh, culturally Japanese person come through an academy in, in a European club, and they could be mm. incredible. But in terms of domestically J League players. Um, yeah. Hitmatoma's the best J-League player ever, 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 ever by a long way. Um, and, like, also, yeah, Hatate would have been a decent squad option. Jota might have been a decent squad option. Um, Furuhashi we don't need because we have Richarlison and Son. Um, but other than that, yeah. So th- th- this is where, like, yeah, again, when you're... When your recruitment is based on the coach's experience of previous leagues and contacts of people they know from previous jobs, that can work in some contexts, but it can't necessarily scale up to the top league in the world, right? And so I think that's sort of their underlying issue is that companies, their recruitment team, and it works in the championship, it doesn't work in the Premier League. um, And it undermines the fact that he wants to play pep ball with um, technical, lightweight, good championship players.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think um, I do think I think they'll probably get relegated, but I think what will be interesting to see is whether or not company decides to um to sacrifice his beliefs and whether he just goes full Burnley. I don't think he has the players to go full Burnley. So I think he's he's probably going to commit double down on this and see what mm. happens because I think for him it's about emerging from here with his with his kind of um, kudos and the kind of what's what's the word the people still appreciating his football because he's he's after a bigger job so I think for him it's about sure. keeping his his morals in place.
2: Well, in the summer he turned down Spurs to stay at Burnley, and I said at the time I think that probably a mistake that it that it wouldn't that it wouldn't scale up well everything that they do to the to the Premier League. I think that the the natural evolution for him. At Burnley would be to be like more pressing orientated to give the ball away and to set pressing traps and try to do things that way, like kind of like how Newcastle play now, how Liverpool used to play under Klopp, yeah. how um Southampton under Post, you know, you know, you know, pressing that thing. Yeah, um, but it worked
1: out well. He signed a contract and we got Postacoglu, so everybody's oh, happy. happy, apart from them, yeah. but we're happy.
2: They're probably happy. they I think that like when you've had like a you know five six seven years of Daesh um uh, you get a really great championship run and then you go you try in the Premier League it's it's worth a go for fun it's worth a go I think I, I I'm sure they're not too upset we've got some questions we've got some questions um so, to pre- oh, Alex DiCrimpsey asked us about our pressing. Um, I was hoping you could dive into what you're seeing as far as versus the pressing. Are you seeing any specific triggers, situations where the press is more evident? Can't quite work out when the press is on versus when we are tend to sit back. Yeah, I mean, that's more just about in terms of when we're sitting back. Um, we sit back after our initial press has failed. We, we always try to press in the first instance. So I talked earlier about how, um, yeah, we... Going back to the Brentford game, we pressed Brentford's keeper, um, uh, Flecken, and he they, they played round us a couple of times because they were able to draw us out all the way to the keeper, play over the top, um, and, and do Brentford ball on us. Whereas we didn't press the keeper um, against Burnie, and I think that shows a sign of growth within post system because basically Celtic kind of got undone. By their pressing game in Champions League, um, and it was a big concern that um, that we would remain quite naive in our in our pressing game in the Premier League but I think we've already started to see some really good adaptations we're not committing both our forwards onto two center backs we're not pressing the keeper at every opportunity we're st- we're letting the f- we're letting them have the first pass or the second pass guiding them to one side of the pitch and then getting them there and uh that's kind of like the the biggest tactical thing I wanted to see from Pochettino this season and we're already seeing it so I'm feeling good about a pressing game which is not to say that it's perfected or that we won't ever see it um twisted around a bit but feeling good about that uh who else have we got questions from
1: um there's a question here i'd like a little bit of context on is it too early for nathan's big udoji statement what was uh, this big statement
2: i tweeted out that i think that he is already the best left back in the premier league and did I say probably top four in the world that and that be- sounds wild except that uh, the secret behind this hot take that i haven't yet revealed is uh is actually kind of a low period for left backs in world football. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you, uh, I would say if you're dubious about that uh, uh, nuclear take, then uh, name a better left back in the Premier League to start. Any come to mind?
1: No, I mean I'm I'm happy to to see that this to be said. I I think he's brilliant. I liked him and now I've seen him more. I think he's I think he's even better. He I don't think he's still not in the Italian national team because that's what that's what Italians do. They you're not you're not ready for international football because you're not 26 years old. So that's very strange why they're still keeping other people in but it won't be long before he's a, a fully fledged international.
2: He's got uh, he's got Demarco to displace, right? But
1: um yeah, I mean, I mean, Demarco is good. DeMarco's not as physical as Udoji, but Demarco's just got one of a left foot. But I think he's c- clear of Spinner Solo, whose leg doesn't work since it fell off. So um, yeah,
2: and uh, so weird because, like, why is he a left back? Like, he was born. He was born to play the inverted left back role before the inverted left back role existed. Right? Why was he playing left wing back? Because. He's not a wing back in any way. Like I kind of get why DeMarco plays for Italy because he's a traditional left back. He's got one little left foot. Hmm. If I'm it's um it's uh, Spalletti now, isn't it? Spalletti, yeah. If I'm Spalletti, I'm calling up Udogi to come and play as a number eight for Italy to have him in the squads and then work out what you're going to do with him later. I he's I'm shocked to my core <laughs> that Udogi hasn't been playing as a box to box number eight for the majority of his professional career. Um. It's just, yeah, he's incredible at it. Uh, he does an incredible job at it from the from the left back on paper role for Spurs. He's brilliant. He's he really
1: is, he is. He's sensational. He sees the ball. He understands football. He sees things. He moves quickly. Yeah. It, it is strange how he's become a, a left back, but maybe they they saw a need and they saw a possibility there of, of, of channeling that. I think he's, I think he's brilliant, and I, I just, I like, I like. There's something about his body language, there's something about his enthusiasm that I that I really enjoy. It
2: is speed It's like. <laughs> he's is not that he's necessarily lightning fast like in a straight line he's not like super athletically fast like a winger you might describe although he kind of is that it's mm. his speed of play right it's that he he has the touch and then he turns and then he taps the ball around the player and that yeah. just happens in a flash and 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 the opposition aren't ready for that it's just it's his speed of thought um and speed of action is 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 really really special it makes him incredibly press resistant a, a great great ball carrier
1: yeah, there's um, certain players who are fast back in the day, they, they they had the physical ability to be really quick, but their brain couldn't couldn't catch up with what they, their body was. Aaron trying Lennon. To. Aaron Lennon is a good example. That idiot who was competing for Sky this weekend. Walcott is another another guy. But there seems to be almost like a, a parallel they run in parallel his speed of thought and his speed of mind and they just seem mm. to work at the same time that's and I think that's what makes him quick and the same way that Sun has that as well that Sun is yeah. fast but I think in a straight line Davinson is faster than him you Oh know? Yeah. yeah, but it's his, it's the ability for his mind and his body to just work just run at the same speed which which makes him actually appear quicker than, than they actually are
2: just getting that that shot off while at maximum sprint is something yeah. that's actually really quite hard to do with any kind of technical accuracy if you try it yourself, you'll realize that like if you play a lot of football, you'll realize that you you actually slow down before you take your shot the vast majority yeah. of the time. But Sun doesn't have to do that. He can hit the, the excellent uh shot on the sprint at mm-hmm. maximum speed.
1: Do you remember when United gave your same Bolt a trial? <laughs> Come on. Just because you would be great football oh, over the top doesn't goodness. mean you could do anything. Hmm. There's, um, there's a question here, which is, um, it's amazing to be a Spurs fan right now. And despite a similar start to the season to both Nuno and Conte stints as head coach, the football and vibes are far better personally if we finish eighth showing this progress i'm happy but comments on match of the day and sky are considering us as challengers right now do we risk getting carried away
2: <laughs> it's like we go from being like not considered to now the expectation is you got a challenge for the title it's like we we don't make the like we don't make the pre-season preview show we are we're, a, we're an unmentioned for the who's going to challenge for the title this season and then game week 4 i think spurs could probably have a good go at this
1: <laughs> Isn't it? It's um <laughs> it is typical that we none of us thought I mean I think if we finish eighth and we play this football I'd be disappointed but I do think playing this football will just naturally get us further up the league I don't think we can realistically challenge for the title I think our starting 11 is brilliant but I'm just concerned that in key areas we're just, there's just no cover there if something happens to Basuma if something happens yeah. to Madison I think we're in all kinds of trouble as we, as the Fulham game showed us Yeah. so um, like you said at the start if we do a whole season where no one gets suspended no one gets injured and um, our midfield decide not to go to Africa. And Cup of Nations, then, <laughs> yeah. then perhaps we could do something. But Bento Kerr coming back will be, will be huge to see whether or not he can play either of those roles. But then it still means Skip or Hyoibia filling in for the other one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Again, we, we are. We're going to talk about the the paper thinness of the squad, but um, we are one injury to several players away from being a much less good team instantly. Um, So yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a big gamble to expect much from us. We can, the important thing is that we've already seen the upside. We've seen the flashes of something that we're probably going to become stable at once we built a full squad. Um, And that's enough to be excited about. I don't, yeah. uh, I think we've picked things up a little quicker than I thought it might. And that's really exciting and it's really fun. But the thinness of the squad means that it's hard to expect um a real a real run of things in terms of competition performance
1: I mean we got um we got Sheffield United after international break and then we've got the games that will really kind of decide our season with Arsenal away Liverpool at home and then Luton town away which even though Luton are terrible that's classic Spurs mess up territory <laughs> we go I'm there I'm not
2: worried about the I'm not worried about the low blocks from from table hangers okay. I think that I think that we're going to blow teams away when they when they sit off us uh, tactically so mm. I'm not worried about Luton or um, who are, so we got in this league that's gonna park the bus. Everton, no problem. Mate. Oh, that's kind of unfair because actually, um, Dyche's Everton kind of press up the pitch a bit, don't they? But West Ham, West Ham, yeah. West Ham did a good job with that against uh, against Brighton, to be fair. Um, yeah, yeah, it'd be fine. <laughs> um, I think the other the other factor in the like oh Spurs title challenges is that like United were meant to be good this season, but they're still not any good in possession. Liverpool were meant to you know, are meant to be a good team, but Klopp's in charge of building their midfield and he doesn't seem to understand what a midfield is. And um, Chelsea spent another billion on players, but I don't know, none of them are familiar with each other. (laughs) They're a mess. I think they'll probably sort themselves out, but not until closer towards like the second half of the season and then it will be too late for them to really push for anything. Um, And then you sort of preemptively write off the likes of, of Brighton who might actually have a genuine threat towards top four this season, but um, probably you don't you don't recognise it yet until it happens kind of thing. You don't give them the benefit of the doubt there. I think that Arsenal aren't as good this season as they were last season. I think that um, they spent a hundred and what. 115 or something on rice and he's can't play as a number six and they want him to play as a number six and um it's hurting their team they they uh have had a couple of injuries and arteta's reshuffled things tactically and i think for the worse i don't think they were very good against united at all um although they won Uh. so yeah it's it's, it's a little it's a little up for grabs it's a little up for grabs except Mm. for first which city you have already purchased (laughs)
1: Not very often, especially me, but mistakes do happen. That's why you're hearing this ad again. My best friend, boss and head of HR made a mistake in our previous two podcast links. So here we are letting you know we made a mistake. But that's okay, because since then I've learned a bit more about NordVPN. It's basically like slipping your home into your pocket. Are you right now on the beach in Spain, sat in a hotel lobby waiting for your partner, or simply abroad and missing match of the day on MasterChef? Well NordVPN has a solution for you. Change your location without moving an inch and get what you want when you want it. My in-laws are here in the UK and they're missing their passionate soap operas and news updates. Tranquilo, relax, I told them. Take a seat on my sofa and let me take you across the Atlantic with just a click of the button. Two seconds later, they're muy contento, very, very happy watching their programs on the television. Take home with you wherever you travel. Use the correcto link now in the description box. Ciao, ciao. We're gonna do transfers. We're gonna get into this, get into the window. Okay. Shall
2: we? Let's 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 put questions off for a moment. Mm -hmm. Um. Tell me your general thoughts on this window.
1: Um, I think it's been a pretty good window. I think we've taken key parts of the team and we've improved them. Our goalkeeper is miles better than last year's starting goalkeeper. Our centre-back mm-hmm. is miles better than any of our previous centre-backs excluding Romero. And I think at Madison is, a, is quite an incredible signing, a player that's just slotted in. And It's been said a lot that he looks Spurs, but he does. He just feels Spurs. As, as an older Spurs fan, you could just get that. Just like he's been here all the time, yeah, and he's just settled in so nicely, and he's taken this responsibility. Man, we're used to like players turning up and perhaps being a bit good here and then and disappearing or taking ages to settle He just he just walked into this team and just just owned it. You know, there's. There's always, there's like, Kane has stepped away and he's just gone, all right, I'll take the number 10 shirt, I'm not bothered. And he's, he was good at Leicester, but was he this good? Was he, was he this good Mm. or did I just not pay attention to him?
2: So I think that, I think that he was, as you described, kind of a moments player, a player who had... Like, good goals, good assists, but Mm. then wasn't consistent with it. Would go missing for periods of time. Um, Would physically fade out of games. Um, Bit of the Ericsson thing, where, like, the ball doesn't come to him in the right way. He doesn't bother going for the jaw. He'll just wait and say, no, try and get me that ball again. Mm. And then at some point in the last year, last couple of years, as a player, he's made a leap. He's like finalized a physical step in his game finalized a mental step in his game and he's become a 90 minutes player yeah. he's become one of the best playmakers around but uh, also at the same time, Leicester turned to shit and no one fucking noticed that, that James Madison had made a leap as a player. And we've picked him up for 40 million and we've picked up, um, yeah, like one of the best number 10s in the world. And uh, and uh, he's made a leap, sort of uh, silently made a leap as a player at some point in the last couple of years. that, that um, I don't know if we picked up on necessarily, but it doesn't look like the rest of the market picked up on.
1: So, yeah. do, you, do you think um, he's taken a look like at Southgate's insistence on playing Mount because the guy runs around a bit and who, the Mount is rubbish, but he is a 90 minutes player because he, he's able to physically just yeah. compete for 90 minutes. Madison's gone, all right, I'm better than Mount. You give me the ball, I'm better than him. But Mount has the the legs on me do you think he's just gone I just need to improve this or just with age and everything else he's just settled down and become a just just grown up and matured into into an all-round player
2: it could be it could be we see that I'm always reluctant to go that way because I think that most footballers and I look I got this wrong with Tanguy Ndombele right most footballers are already immensely motivated most footballers really really want to be the best footballer they can be they really want to be the best footballer in the world and all, all but one of them are Aren't. <laughs> right um so i don't think i doubt that it was a motivation thing i doubt it was like oh right i'll develop into an elite athlete after all i think that something has clicked for him physically or mentally something in training um that has allowed him to fulfill his potential That yeah that it was ju- it was just a matter of time for him and it wouldn't be the first time that like we've seen that with players as they hit 25 26 that physically they just their body matures in a way um, they put on like an extra five pounds of muscle, um, not like not like pec muscle, but like in 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 a in a balance in their obliques, in their glutes, where mm. it just allows them to become more robust as a as a as a as a player, right?
1: Yeah. So I, yeah. So I think his his addition plus. Basuma really hitting a finding an understanding with Postacoglu and finding a, a balance in the team is you know the cliche the new signing. So I, I just think there's been an improvement there. Udoji is is levels and levels above Sessignon, Anyone else that's played there. Yeah. And Poro is now six months into his into his Spurs career. Add add all of that to a manager who has a system which the players love. I think the transfer window, even though there's some weaknesses, I think it's been pretty good. And um yeah i think it's been pretty good and i'm not i'm surprised i'm not surprised but you know I'm really optimistic, and I'm really happy with the development of the team. I think I think there's been some huge steps forwards this summer. Even if you take even Solomon, is miles ahead of Lucas. So there yeah. is we've improved gradually, approved across the team. The, the age of the team has gotten down, and the players in it have have improved, and we've added good players. And Sar is another year older. So I think on the whole, I'm I'm reasonably happy with the with the summer transfer.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think that our first eleven is really quite brilliant and that's been a matter of a coach who comes in and actually uses the young players that he has available to him Mm. um obviously like udogi wasn't available he was on a developmental loan but he's here now um and also we brought in three first 11 signings who have all hit the ground sprinting <laughs> in van der ven's case uh freak sprinting like, <laughs> covering just absurd <laughs> amounts of ground uh while still being technical his 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 involvement in the is it the fifth goal or the fourth goal he like he does like three dribbles picks up a loose ball from from lying flat on the ground <laughs> and and the ball goes through to solomon i think it's i think it's the fourth goal my goodness um so yeah, incredible starting eleven, and I think that like possibly Bentancur comes in and displaces Saar, and that makes our first eleven even even slightly better, and gives us just a modicum of depth that we otherwise don't have because we're we're basically eleven players. We've got you know I think up front you've got um, like Solomon and Perisic and Kulosevsky and also Johnson sort of around the similar sort of level at the moment, um, and Son and Richarlison good level of forwards there in my opinion. So we're we're good for depth up front. I think we are lacking a star dribbler. Maybe Johnson matures into that player. Um, We can talk about him in a minute. But midfield depth, not great defensive depth non-existent so
1: yeah. one I mean, I injury
2: think, to a centre-back and we're in trouble
1: yeah I think centre-back is a problem I think Royale can do a, a bit of a Poro job he can't he, Royale would never hit that pass for the fifth goal that, that Poro did but I think Royale is a decent deputy yeah I, I think Davies can have okay. his moments at left back but centre-back is, is a huge concern and central midfield that number our number five that came on when they're for their second goal they just wandered past him and he was waving in his arms and Saar or Bisuma just get get there and make that tackle and be a presence so I really do I am counted count down the days when Benton Kerr becomes our starter and Saar becomes our alternate swap player yeah. to swap in
2: well the thing with that right is um we were gonna we were gonna sell Hoiberg, um which made sense in in isolation uh, because he wants first eleven football. He's good enough to play first eleven football. He'd dem- he'd command a fee. We need mm. players out. We need money in. Well, we don't need money in. That's not true. We we brought plenty of money in, um, but we were gonna bring in Gallagher to replace him. And for me, those are completely different players. Like uh, you're gonna say Hoiberg is not a good enough deputy for Bisuma and. Uh, Yeah, fine. You can feel that way. I think he's an okay backup to Basuma. Whereas Gallagher is just not going to play that role at all. And then who's our backup number six when Basuma gets injured, when Basuma gets suspended, when Basuma goes to AFCON? Bentoncourt, I I don't really like that for him. Skip, I don't think, is up to it. Sar, he's getting better at receiving the ball on the turn, but it's not a strength for him. So I think that... We wanted to swap Hoiberg for Gallagher, and I think that would have been a downgrade—not in individual player talent, but in terms of squad building. So I'm glad that that didn't go through for now. Um, Gallagher's a good player, but he's—he's a—he's a, he's a box arriver. He's a number eight. Mm. He's a—he's a presser. That's not—that doesn't do anything for when Basuma's out. So I'm glad that Hoiberg's in the squad for now until we have an actual number six who can replace him. I like Redondo. Son of a Redondo you've heard of before.
1: Mm. He um, is actually his son
2: he's actually his son and he plays like he's his son that's and amazing. uh yeah he yeah he is amazing
1: so i mean i mean i'm in love with this i'm in love with the idea of it the concept of yeah. of redondo at spurs is is something they a teenager a, a teenage bardy would get as excited over the thought of that as louise nerding that's um <laughs> that's um quite i'm i'm feeling like a teenager again, the the, the thought of a Redondo at Spurs.
2: He's available on the market. I reckon you could get him out of there for less than 10 million euros. No one else picked him up. He's literally Redondo's son. I don't understand why there isn't an absolute... Uh, frenzy for his contract right now Um, including for us I don't know why we haven't picked him up because he would have been great to be a backup to Bissouma to come train with the squad for a year um, play a couple of games during AFCON come on at the end of games and then next year play in Europe but there you go I mean basically it's like the business we did do was really good the Solomon deal a tiny bit sus because we used a non-homegrown slot to pick up a play on a free who is good. I mean, he got to assist, right? We just said he played well, but isn't quite the same level as the other forwards, basically, right? Isn't isn't going to push the quality of our first eleven? Is the right fit stylistically, but you know isn't close to Sun's level, f- for example. Um, and certainly, when you sell Harry Kane, you want to bring in a forward of some variety. Who who's a bit of a star and Solomon's he's not going to have much better games than the yeah. one he already had against Burnley, I don't think. Yeah. You know, so I get that that's frustrating. I understand fans who are frustrated, but the largely, you know, the business that we have done, uh, especially in terms of the first eleven, Vicario, Van Der Ven, James Madison, huge, huge um, upgrades to our first eleven. The problem is that we we had way too many players to get rid of yeah. um, and we haven't got rid of anywhere near enough players um, and therefore we couldn't bring in depth with us not being in Europe and us already being at the league Cup maybe we can get away with that but it's a bit sketchy it's a bit it's a bit scary um, we just needed to do more maybe hopefully we'll do good business in January. Um, and that will tide us over the second half of the season. But uh, I'm scared. I'm scared of an injury or a red card to a centre-back right now.
1: Well, as we start to record, um, um, Ndombele's kind of, here we go to um, to Galatasaray. Okay. Doesn't and- really
2: make a difference to the actual squad as it is right now.
1: <laughs> and Davinson has also been heavily linked with, with with moving the same way. I
2: mean, isn't that... And Ndombele, he's not in the squad, right? But Davinson, Davinson's our third-choice centre-back right now. So um, I, I maybe maybe Phillips is really impressing in training. Maybe is it Dorrington the Dorrington Dorrington? Let me check.
1: It's Dorrington? That's um, Do- okay. our, our Discord, who uh, generally occasionally know their bit, know their stuff. That's exactly what they said. They they have a lot of faith in um, Phillips and Dorrington stepping up, which is quite exciting and quite interesting. That's a way to also remove um, non homegrown players as well. Just promote those guys.
2: So from what I watched of of Phillips, he ha- he's had like less than ten games, I think, um, and he really grew game by game. Like his first game, he was a mess. His second game, he was shaky, and then by like his sixth or seventh game, he was looking pretty good. He's really athletically gifted, um, a bit sort of Van Der Ven, um, but his positional defensive game is coming along. His passing game is. Um, it's it's getting there. Like it, it's it's okay, but it's you know, playing under very little pressure. Athletically again, um he's huge and he's fast. Um my feeling with him is like wow, he's really got the tools, again like Van De Ven. Um but because of his quality, he's been promoted to first team football when he probably needs another year of under 21's football, and then probably he wants a loan to a place where he's gonna play every week, and then in two years' time we're looking at it as him as like a, an interesting, exciting option. But if he's impressing really well in training right now, then uh, then sure, I guess. So Davinson, the thing is that like, yeah, right now Davinson's our third choice centre-back. And also based on the Fulham game, he's just not good enough on the ball at all for us to play football with him. So I guess you might as well take the risk if you already can't afford to lose a centre-back. Then you already can't afford to lose a centre back, so whatever, yeah. Sell Davinson and promote Phillips or or Dorrington.
1: I think with Davinson, I think you can get away with him if you've got Bissouma in front of him to kind to of fire
2: like, the ball into. <laughs> yeah,
1: just to whack the ball into. I think Davinson gets in trouble when it's when it's Skip and Hoyer in front of him. I think it it just he, he looks even worse. Hmm. I think he can get away with it with a functioning centre midfield and just be an aggressive defender. But when he has to actually think about things and produce a pass, I think that's like against Fulham, that's. Where he's in trouble.
2: So Brennan Johnson uh, I'm going to be doing a video on Brennan Johnson in the next couple of weeks he's got uh, an international break. Um, what did I, I tweet about him? I was quite happy with my wording. Let me find my tweets. <laughs> I thought this through. Honest. So I think that he's really fast uh, in a straight line. I think that his crossing uh, and not just crossing but cut back game is really is strong but in a given game we barely see him on the ball and obviously Forrest are like a Incredibly low percentage counter-attack team who barely ever get the ball to their forwards. Um, But this is also kind of true to an extent of them in the championship when they were a dominant team. Kind of true when he's playing for Wales against Andorra. You know He doesn't really get involved in the play. He doesn't have um, versatility in his game. He runs to the byline and he cuts the ball back. And he's really good at running to the byline and cutting the ball back. And... The role that we're kind of looking for here, as the as the right winger, as the outside winger in a post system, is a guy who runs the ball by line and cuts the ball back. So, uh, it, so he has the exact tools for the exact role. So he's a really good stylistic fit. But in terms of like his actual performance level, in terms of his like statistics on a per ninety basis, again, not just right now, but going back to the championship, looking at how he plays for Wales. Is really quite unimpressive. So, 50 million pounds. Oh, well, sorry, 47.5 million pounds. Wait for that. It's 55 in euros or something. Is like he. We're gonna maximize the shit out of this one thing that he does. We're gonna. He's just gonna do this. It's like Iron Robin cuff, cutting insides. He just does one thing and he's gonna do it really well again and, again and again and again and again. And there's nothing the opposition are gonna do about it. I can see it working out. I can see it working. But do they all out. do that?
1: Don't all players do that. They just have no, because... one trick. They just like Saka does the same thing. Odegaard does the same thing. Um, unless only certain players do two things. He has one thing which he does. I'm I'm not a huge Johnson fan. I've said it here that I wasn't too keen on it. I would prefer this to go elsewhere. But if he does one thing and that one thing is essential and really hard to stop, then isn't it just a matter of just making him a master of that one thing? <laughs>
2: The The problem would be that, like, he can't dribble his man. He can knock the ball, like the Gareth Bale thing. He can punt the ball into space and, and chase after it really fast. Uh, like, Bale on the left kind of thing, I mean um but he can't like do a step over throw his guy the wrong way pretend to go outside go inside instead and be free of his man that way he can't dribble his man and so if you're like one of the better teams in the league and you're preparing and you're like okay johnson's almost definitely gonna be playing on the right here so i'm gonna ask my left back to show him inside and then he that'll if he goes inside he's not great from there he awkwardly dig out across with his right foot or just lay off a pass backwards And just be, just remain a step ahead of him for the outside. So if he does try to force the ball outside, you're probably going to be first there, even though he's really fast, he's still going to overtake three yards on you or whatever. And you can just make him run the ball out of play. But, Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe he's so fast that it doesn't matter if the left back has a yard on him, two yards on him. He can still just get the ball around them.
1: But if we play Liverpool, or we play Liverpool, or we play Arsenal, <coughs> or we play City, we've we're masters are doing this. At City we've done it plenty of times, and they press high, and you get you get Johnson to remain high, and you just chip it over the top. He's you can't stop him. He's that's a Darmatiori kind of it, area. He's gone.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if- I can I can see the upside. I can see the upside. I just if he was the player, he was. And also, he could dribble his man. I mean, he 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 would have gone to Man City. Is <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yes. the, the kind of the actual end of that sentence. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say if he could dribble his man, he'd be brilliant. Um, but then, yeah, he he he'd be. He'd be an actual 50 million plus <laughs> player. So the thing I said on Twitter was, um, if you ask your talent ID team, if you, if you imagine for a moment a hypothetical perfect talent ID algorithm, you go to it and you say, who is the best young, homegrown, touchline winger on the market the Spurs can afford and attract? The answer is going to be Brennan Johnson. For me, the problem is arriving at that question and I think that relates back to bringing in Solomon because he was available on a free and using up a non-homegrown squad place and not being able to shift um, a bunch of non-homegrown players that we don't have a use for in the squad anymore. So, Do, you th- I, yeah.
1: Do you think, so Pep, get, Pep gets hold of um, Grealish and for one year Grealish doesn't play because he doesn't play how Grealish, he doesn't play the Pep style. He's very so, stupid. Who, Grealish?
2: Yeah, he's, he's an immensely, immensely um, dense human being. talented footballer. So it takes him a year to learn how to run in a straight line.
1: So we've signed Solomon who has his weaknesses and then we've signed uh, signed Brennan Johnson we could just give Johnson some time. For the first time, we can actually allow this kid to kind of bed in, learn learn the system without having the pressure of coming in and, and saving our season. We've got our first eleven that really works and is effective and can win games. And now we've got this kid who's got a bag of talent, loads of talent potential, and we could just let him kind of evolve and develop. Is that? I think that's something we could do. No,
2: there's not a lot for him to learn, right? Go stand on the right touchline and do the Brennan Johnson thing over there, mate. Okay. For <laughs> us, please, mate. <laughs> right? It's like. Yeah, I, I obviously like he'll have to learn the pressing game because he just spent a year, you know, low block. Mm. Um, and obviously, when to make that run. But in terms of like, he'll do his thing. And then also sometimes he'll turn up at the back post for a cross that goes all the way across the back box sometimes. Um, yeah, I don't think there's there's not going to be a huge amount of complexity, I don't think, to his role. It's just how much can you maximise run to the byline, cut the ball back, run to the ball yeah. line, but byline, cut the ball back again and again and again. Um, I don't know. I I just like I wouldn't be shocked if we get a lot out of that. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, he instead becomes incredibly frustrating. Trust in
1: Ange, I guess. Trust. Trust in big Ange.
0: You have been listening to The Extra Inch with me, Windy, my sidekick and best friend, Barney, and our tactics guy, Nathan A. Clark. If you like this, there's plenty more at patreon.com forward slash The Extra Inch. Production is by Nathan A. Clark. Our logo, artwork and website are designed by Trayton Miller. Our music is by David Lindmer. You can find him on Instagram at David Lindmer. Do check him out, he's great. great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us at podcast at uk. Subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. And most importantly, be sure to tell all of your Spurs friends. Shout out to the x subs; because we love every single last one of you. And of course, come on your Spurs.